everybody. It's me, Maria, with Sisters with Sabres, and we are back again with another hot one. We are talking about Black is King, futurism that is Afrocentric, and what that could mean for the future of Star Wars on the whole. Um, and I am joined tonight with my sisters. Sisters, introduce yourselves. Hi, everybody. It's Raven. Hey, it's Olivia. Hey. Hey. So, uh, we're going to be talking about Black is King. I know um, Olivia and I did see it, and I know that Miss Raven has not had a chance, uh, but that's not going to stop us tonight. Um, I want to get immediate reaction from Olivia. Go for it. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly what I was doing the whole time. I just loved all the different outfits and I was trolling on Twitter and I could see like some controversy over the outfits and people calling some of the looks demonic. And I was like, are you kidding me? These were just, it was gorgeous and godly. I I loved it. And the music was amazing. We'll get into it. (laughs) Absolutely. I, I felt like Beyonce is saying so much here. And she's not trying to minimize anyone. I think she did a really good job of balancing everything in the production. And I really, really, really enjoyed um, the mixture of tones. Ahsoka was just dancing and singing. And it it was a really good time in general. Um, The songs are really powerful. And I had heard the album before, but I never really like gave it another listen. Like I, I heard it and I was just like, okay. Um, Cause I'm not a Lion King person. So it didn't hit me right. Um, it really hit me when Black is King showed up. I'm like, oh shit. That's what she's talking about. Okay. Uh, but I, I thought it was beautiful. I love the imagery. Um, and we'll get into that. I thought it was a beautiful compliment to Lion King. I did see the first, I saw the remake. Um, I know everyone didn't really like it. I love animals. I'm that person that will sit there and watch National Geographic, Animal Planet, and I'm I'm totally entertained. So I thought it was beautiful, but also it's so, it's authentic. And it's like what, it's not just a cartoon. It's not romanticized. It was like, like, it looked like an Animal Planet documentary. It was crazy. So to have Blackest King kind of complement that made that way more magical. Um, I also just loved the... I, I, I didn't... I don't think I listened to The Gift, um, like, as a whole. Um, so when I watched Blackest King, I was like, damn. And, yeah, we'll get into it. We, we'll get into it. I want to start at the beginning. So at the beginning, Beyonce is carrying what looks to be an infant um, through a beach and there's some water. There seems to be some sort of ritual taking place. Um, and the song, I think bigger is playing. Right. And I think it's, it's kind of like this, this awakening, this introduction. And I think that maybe I'm supposed to be the baby. Like she's reintroducing me to myself like I really felt a strong awakening and I I think this isn't just true for black folks right now I think this is true for everyone right now everyone is trying to get back in touch with their roots and their heritage and I think that's awesome 
And I think we're in the middle of a really big awakening and especially for black people, right? Because we've spent the last, what, 400 years, you know, separated. And I think we're trying to find our way back to quote one of the songs. Like, um, I think, I think we're, we're on our way. And I really like that first song. It was so beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's gore. It's gorgeous. It really like, he's, the little boy is like thrown out into the world, essentially. I felt like in the beginning and uh, you just have like all this imagery and next to the ocean was really powerful for me. Cause that's kind of like where that, where our roots with slave, like where the roots of slavery start is like, it started with like going out on the, this ocean. So that was a really interesting parallel for me. Yeah. I was just excited. The first, the first part of it was, I only seen it once. So I'm just trying to go off, go off memory, but I, I thought it was beautiful. And I love that it's bigger. It's, you know, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than us. Like that's so true. Same. I, I really think she was trying to say that, you know, it's about all of us together and rewriting the narrative, right? About what's going to happen to us next. Um, because we, we've been waiting for far too long and I'm, I'm really excited for the future and what it could mean for us. Um, it was, it was so beautiful, such a beautiful presentation. And I wonder what white people thought of it, like as a white person seeing this do they understand how important this is i don't know i haven't asked a white person well based on what you're what both of you are saying you know you saw in it what i saw from the the bits and 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 clips and pictures that i saw from it um i would say you know that there's probably a mixture of you know, wow. And, and I think probably a lot of amazement, um, just simply to see things framed that way. Um, you know, how often do you see really see, you know, a picture with 50 people in it and all of them are black, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, just from this, the snippets that I saw, I would imagine that there's a, a lot of just looking going on, you know what I mean? And not in a bad way, just in a, you know, wow, you know, and just kind of taking it in. I don't know that you can really, I don't want to, you know, cause I don't want to shortchange what anyone can possibly understand regardless of their own experiences. But I would imagine that a certain degree of what she's putting out there in this, you know, is kind of born in to, you know, to black people. Um, and I think that just because it's part of our experience, it's part of our, uh, ourselves. And I think that, uh, you know, something like that, if you're not black, it's not something you, you know, you're really going to see or take in that way. And that's, and again, that's just what I would assume, um, that it would be difficult if you don't have that, you know, that experience to work from. But at the same time, you know, uh, like I said, I don't want to say what anyone else might have gotten out of it, but just the the bits that I've heard and, you know, from other people and what I've seen, it seems like there's a lot of just, you know, wow, you know, and not, you know, again, not bad wow, just taking it in, really, I think just kind of overload, if that makes sense. 
I totally relate to that though, because yeah, like you're, you're saying, wow, like I'm just taking this all in, you know, part of me when I watched it, it it was like, okay. So when Beyonce made this, she had to do hella research on it. Right. Because Mm -hmm. we weren't, we weren't born in Africa. We weren't, our religion and our customs were stripped away from us and demonized. And so to see all this imagery that is mirroring the native religions, she, she, I think she, she uh, looked at, you know, multiple ethnic groups because white people or other people listening to this, you know, Africa is not just, just made up of one race of people. Like it's all many different ethnic groups and one, one ethnic group, you know, may not be, it's not the same thing as another religion, customs, everything. So anyways, that's why I kind of feel like I have to be careful with what I say because, um, like, I don't, I don't personally know all the like religious references. I just know that they were there. Um, but it was like, wow, like it made me want to explore that more in my heritage. Me too. This goes back to like the conversation I had with Raven about, uh, DNA testing, like that, just seeing this like reaffirmed for me, like, God damn it. I've got to get that damn DNA test and I got to get it soon. So, um, come Labor Day, I'll, I'll probably pull the trigger on that one. It just, it reaffirmed for me, like it's time, it's time for me to figure this shit out and get in touch with that. Um, so I'm excited for that, but man, it was so powerful. I was crying, I was laughing, you know, and, and there's, there's an ugly side, like you said, to, to what's happened to us, um, as a people, I don't understand why people would get demonic out of, you know, an African mask or something like, listen, dude, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but Christianity, that's a remnant of slavery. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Like we weren't Christians until someone put us on a boat and told us about Jesus. Like we, that's not our religion. It was given to us by force. So it's it's great if you're a Christian and and you you want to be a Christian today. That's great for you people. Um, congratulations on that. And whoever that guy is on the cross with the really nice hair. Jesus, can you hear me? I don't know where else to turn it. I'm desperate. I need your help. <laughs> I have always been listening. Who are you? It is I. Jesus. I heard your prayer and I've come to help you. You're not Jesus. I I am. But doesn't Jesus look a bit more like? Oh. Oh, I see you, uh, you thought I'd be white. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Look, I, I don't know what to tell you. I was born in the Middle East 2,000 years ago. The Bible's very clear about that. Should be pretty obvious I don't have blonde hair and blue eyes. Yes, sir. Plus, have you have you heard my story? When I was arrested by a mob of angry government officials and beaten for a crime I didn't commit, and that shit doesn't happen to white people. And there was some confusion over who your father was. Okay, that's just racist. Sorry. It's just, you're not really what I was expecting, that's all. Would you like me to fetch white Jesus instead? Well, could you? No! There is no white Jesus. It's just me. Do you want my help or not? Yeah, I suppose so. After all, you're black or white. We're both still Christians, right? I'm 
guessing now's not the time to tell you I'm Jewish. Congratulations to him as well. Um, I just personally, I, I don't understand it, but okay. You know, everyone's entitled to their own thing. But I, I think it's important that we realize that our, our culture is deeper than that. And, and it's such a shame because like the church is such a steeple of the black community because it's one of the first things that was forced on us uh, when we got here was immediately like labor and Jesus. Well, yeah, but that's what the colonizers did was, you know, the number one, you know, you, you know, excuse was, well, we have to bring God to them. We have to bring the word of God to these savages and, you know, civilize them by turning them into work animals. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Agree. I feel so much more civilized. I, um, oh, I do all the time often (laughs) thanks i have kind of like a a personal story about that when i was younger or not when i was younger just you know in my life my great grandma she owned a african art museum in oakland going to her house i remember was one of my earliest experiences we weren't very close because i think she was a little sus that i was half white (laughs) um but she, when I used to go to her house some, her, sometimes, her museum, and, you know, she had everything there, like instruments from different, ethnic, she used to be an art trader in the Middle East, and she would get all these different African art pieces, statues made out of shells, thrones, crowns, like it was crazy, but it was like the immense pride I felt going in there that young, is, it, and it was one of those first moments that I realized I was black. And I would also like to hear your guy, your lady's uh, experience. Like when was the first time you realized you were black? Um, Cause when you, there's another museum in San Francisco. That's one of the first questions they ask you when it's a museum of African, the museum of a- the African diaspora. It's like, when was the first time you realized you were black? And then after they ask you that question, you go in and see all this beautiful art from all these periods of time made by people that look like you. And it was just, it's such a magical experience. Um, so I kind of like had always seen African like clothes and masks and drums, like all that stuff never came off as demonic to me. It came off as like a sense of pride. And that was my, my great grandma's intention. Like she didn't want people from the hood to be like, I'm from this side. I'm from this street. She's like, no, you're from Africa. That's like her whole point. She wanted to bring that to her community. And I, I like always will respect her for that. It was really beautiful, but that's, so this blackest King just, I wish my great grandma was alive to see it. Like she would be like so happy. It was, it was, it was really beautiful. Well, I think um, a couple of things, first of all, awesome experience. Um, I would like to say just on the demonic part, one thing that I would, I would point out is if you've ever seen, you know, the dancing, you know, dragon things in the streets, um, you know, if you wanted to turn that into something demonic, you certainly could look at it and go, oh my gosh, that looks demonic. It's, it's made that way by the people who are, you know, to, to whom it's unknown and therefore they turn unknown into terrifying, which is a natural human reaction, but you would certainly expect better from quote unquote civilized people. Um, so I think really, um, the fact that they turned it into demonic and, and evil and so on and so forth is no different than they've done to anything else that has come along that is different or goes against the grain of what they, you know, are trying to use to, um, you know, 
control the population or whatever the case may be. Um, so for as, as far as that, I really do just think it's, it's basic human nature to make fun of that, which you do not know. And, you know, tribalism comes along with that. And it's very easy to get caught up in that as humans. For me, first time I, you know, realized I was black, I've always known um, simply because of the fact that growing up in my family, I was the only person who looked like me. And at a very, very, very young age, so young that I don't remember, you know, specifically having the discussion, but my mother had to explain to me so that when people would ask me why I looked different from her or my stepfather or my three half sisters, I needed to be able to explain. And so it's something that was, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's been a part of who I am longer than I remember. I mean, I remember being very clearly aware (laughs) of the fact that when I was watching solid gold, you know, which dancer I was supposed to want to be like, because that was, you know, that one and, and that kind of thing. So, uh, for me, it was, it was, you know, and, and again, my mother, you know, she's white certainly, but she, it was never something that she tried to keep from me or, you know, or in any way. Yeah. I I mean, I guess that's the best terminology I can come up with. It was something that was just so matter of fact for her and it, your, your father is black, you know, like that was it for her. There was not, you know, there was no negative or positive connotation. It was just the simple fact of the matter. The sky is blue and your father is black. So therefore there you are, you know? Um, so for me, that was something that was a part of who I was from the, from the get go. And then growing up in my household as, as white as my household is, music in my family was very widely varied and my stepfather uh still to this day lives and dies for Donna Summer and <laughs> he was the first person to call me when Michael Jackson died so i mean it was it was it was so regular in my house um so it, it just there was no there was no cutoff even in my in- entirely white household there was just no cutoff between black and white in that, in that regard, you know, it just, it didn't matter. I was black and everybody knew it and I was fine with it. And so were they. And there, there you go. (laughs) That's a really long winded answer. Sorry. Yeah. I think um, I always kind of was aware of it to, to Raven's point. I think it's a good question. Let me start there. It's a good fucking question. Thank you, Olivia. You're so thoughtful and beautiful. Smart, love you, and yes, it's a good question. Well, you know, you know, like it seems like a dumb question at first. Like, when did you realize you were black? Because you know, like, you're like, I'm always black, but some people like it's Mm -hmm. like, but being black in America is much more. Oh, yeah, you know, it's there's a lot that comes with it, so it's an important question to reflect on. I think, absolutely, it's an experience, I think, uh, unlike any other, and I don't think Beyonce's really trying to encapsulate African culture or history. Um, I think this is just her expressing like how she feels, right? It's just her expression and, and it's up to us to interpret or not interpret, but she never claimed to be, you know, a historian or anything like that. It it was, um, you know, sort of a, a gift back to the culture. I was just going to say, I think she's just telling us a story about, you know, things that happened in a galaxy long ago, far away. I think that's what and she's doing. I think doing. it's okay. 
Absolutely. It's, you know, it's certainly not a documentary by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I just think it's, it's her um, trying to give something back to the community, much like Black Panther did, right? Like we all know there's no fucking Wakanda, but um, <laughs> it was, it was another gift back to the community. But to the question, like I, um, like Raven, I kind of always knew like, cause my brother was very light, so he could pass and he had nice texture hair when he was younger until he cut it. And then, um, but my, my texture was always very coarse. Um, and my skin was obviously dark. Um, so it was always kind of like one of those things where people would look at my brother and look at me and you guys can't be related. Like, why not? Like, um, so I really didn't like understand what it meant until a little bit older. And there was a, a boy that lived across the street, um, that we talked about last night that we went and talked shit on when I got married. Um, but we kind of grew up against each other, like this very, um, Corey Topanga scenario lived across the street, liked each other, but couldn't like hang out all the time for various reasons, uh, mostly because his dad was an alcoholic and a racist. But that was like my first, like, you you can't come in the front door. You have to come through the back door. You know, don't tell anybody. We can't talk about this. Like, you know, and, and it was on both sides because I was always told if you kiss a white boy, like your lips will fall off. So <laughs> you don't do that. Uh, but you know, it's just, it's those kinds of things. But that's when I realized that there was something different, not wrong with me, but different. And, um, that only got worse as I got older. Like my first interaction with black people did not go well. Um, you know, it was, oh, you, you think you're better than us. You high yellow, um, you think you're smart, you know, all of this shit. And it was really painful. So coming to the realization that not only am I black, but I'm also not as black as you. So I'm not black enough. Um, was, was kind of super painful in a lot of ways when you just want to belong and your parents just divorced and you're essentially bottling up all this pain and now you have no one to talk to about it because you're not good enough for any of these people. Like it's, it's a lot. So I think, yes, um, the awakening to black was hard. The awakening that I'm not black enough is harder and it happens in waves and in different time frames in my life, whether I'm an adult or an adolescent, um, even to this day in the workplace, like, um, there are certain black employees that will make assumptions about me because my husband is white and I am what they would consider light skinned. Uh, so, you know, I think that is an ongoing struggle. And I think that's one that's not often uh, presented to the mainstream culture that, yes, being black is hard. Not being black enough is harder, in my opinion. I'm going to co-sign on that one 100%. I have never, ever in my life had a problem with being black. I've never had a problem with being white. However, I have had a lot of people have problems with me for being 
both. Not one or the other, but both. That's real, especially, you know, and I know people give a lot of shit to biracial folks. They're like, oh, well, you still have privilege and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I recognize my privilege. I, I totally own up to that. But to be, to experience racism in your, like, I feel like my, my first experiences with racism was in, within my own family because I'm biracial. And it's like my white side didn't embrace me and my black side didn't embrace me. And it was very lonely growing up. And I'm sure you guys can relate. It's very, it's extremely lonely. And you, you, it's like, I want to be this or I want to be that, but I don't want to give, like, do I have to sacrifice parts of myself? And that's why I love Black is King because it, to me, that whole film just was like, this is my relationship with my heritage. And this is how I'm going to define it. Like, no one's going to define that for me. But it, it's it's rough. It's rough when your family is calling your dad the N-word, one side of your family, and the other side is super skeptical to have you over because your mom is white and you think she's going to pull some white baby mama shit on them. So it's like, it was just always this like weird struggle and weird, like, I, like I don't have a relationship with most of my family. I, it's like my immediate family is who I pretty much know. Um, and not having that base is extremely hard. You know, we, we find strength. And I think she says it in the film somewhere is like, like I'm the roots and you'll be the tree, like talking about her son. And I feel like I don't have my roots and it, it devastates you because if a tree doesn't have its roots, it's just going to get knocked over in a storm. And, uh, I, I definitely, definitely. And, and, you know, I was really sad about it, but you know, I'm now have, am at the place in my life where it's like, well, I'm going to make my own roots. So this doesn't happen again. And that is, that is part of it. And that's, and that's what makes it so important because that in itself is, part of African culture and that, <clears throat> you know, the most important thing you can do is put your feet in the soil of your ancestors. And it's something most black Americans cannot do because we don't know where that soil is. Africa is not a tiny place <laughs> and it has many, many different regions and many, many different peoples and many, many different histories. And so when you speak about, I mean, you're absolutely right. A tree with no roots, you know, cannot stand. And that is how we build who we are. We, we build it from where we come from. But even in that, in that same vein, that in itself is such a huge belief among so many different peoples in Africa. And, you know, again, <clears throat> as Maria brought up earlier, it's why I, you know, tell people, you know, do the DNA test, do it so that you know where you should put your feet should you ever get the opportunity to do so, because it does matter. Even if you can't trace to people, even if you can't trace to a particular town or particular place, you know, if you can at least know you know, within which borders can I, you know, can I put my feet in the ground and, 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 you know, and have that, you know, communion with where I come from. It, you know, it's something that was taken from us. It's something you can get back if you can do it, do it because it's so worth it to know where your people come from. I, I really feel 
what Olivia said a little bit ago, man, like it is a lonely time when you're developing and neither side will fuck with you for whatever reason. And I found a lot of refuge in like fantasy books and stuff. I'm going to try not to cry. I mean, it's why we're here. I mean, I feel the same exact way. Yeah. But. Absolutely. And I'm trying to be those roots for Ahsoka. Like, because hopefully the world is different for her. But man, colorism is fucking real. Right? Because I can be too light skinned to fuck with you. But I can be too dark to fuck with him. So I, I hope that the world changes for her. But we need to open our minds. And I'm not talking to white folks right now. I'm talking to black folks. Please open your mind. Open your heart to let us in. We are not different. That is a remnant of slave mentality. And if you truly consider yourself to be a progressive black person, you've got to let go of the we versus them the the light skinned whatever come on it's 2020 we've got to come together man and it's just it's so interesting to me that we got three women of color on this podcast and each of us has said that we've experienced more harm from those people we have more in common with that should be opening their arms to us but they're pushing us away or they have in some way in the past. So I'm encouraging, and I I have black friends that will say shit like that after the fact. And I know they said it. I I have to call them on their bullshit. Like, you know what, ho? If you think that me and my light-skinned baby are too light to hang with you, then get the fuck out of my house and stop eating my food and drinking this wine that my husband bought you. You know what I mean? Like... I'm 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 real though. Like, yes. bitch, you come into my house, you eat my steak, but and it's, my it, garlic mashed potatoes that I made. That, and all of that is true, but it comes down to the very simple fact: you don't want people to treat you differently because of the color of your skin. So, shouldn't you treat other people the same way? Right. Yeah. Or or the the homosexual, like the the homophobia. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand that. I don't understand how a black person could possibly fix their mouth to go against a homosexual person. Like, bitch, like, it wasn't that long ago when we were told to get out of restrooms. What in the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I literally called somebody on their shit at work about that. I said, honey, you realize that just a couple of years ago, the same shit was said about us? Stop it. You're making yourself look dumb. And that hoe just sat there. I'm like, I'm done with you. I'm done. Yeah, I I think that I I don't understand the exclusion. And, you know, Cardi B's not really black because she's half Latina or whatever. Like, black is black is black. And black comes in many shapes and sizes and, and tones and... We can be in many different areas. You know what I mean? I saw three black people today wearing Star Wars shirts in Walmart, which I hate to go in because it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy, but I had to for reasons that remain <laughs> unknown. But I was there 
And each time I saw somebody, I saw a sister wearing, wearing a Star Wars uh, shirt. And I said, oh my God, I love your shirt. It looks so great. You should buy three more. Have you ever listened to Sisters with Sabres? <laughs> uh, and she's like, what the fuck is happening? I'm like, it's, it's our podcast. You should check it out. I love it's that. us. But yeah, more importantly, like, I want to help them feel included. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to like these things. And it doesn't mean you're any less black. I know when I go to my hairdresser, like, I don't bring books anymore because I don't want to be judged. Like, what the fuck is that about? Right. I totally, I get that. It's very like, and that's why I think it's important to go to museums and stuff and but just also like understanding our history and just it's not limited to American slavery you know there was slavery in South America slavery in England like there we are we are all over the world and because of you know cis you know because of systemic racism you have a lot of people who don't travel um but when you travel you do see that there are black people everywhere I like I went to Malta and what lo and behold, well, Malta was also run. It was dominated by the Moors, which explains why. I mean, they have a complex cultural history. You go to Malta, you think you're going on some European vacation, but that was once a land ruled by the North African Moors. You know, we're everywhere. And a lot of people don't even know who Moors are. And it's it's a it's a lot. And, and, you know, we're only taught a certain part of our history in school and who wants to leave school and have to teach themselves more when the people who are teaching us should be teaching us more of our history. But it's crazy. I do have a the spoken word piece. And Maria, you probably know what I'm talking about. This almost made me cry. But it's a quote from the or a spoken word piece from Blackest King. And it says, when it's all said and done, I don't even know my own native tongue. And if I can't speak myself, I can't think myself. And if I can't think myself, I can't be myself. And if I can't be myself, I will never know me, a man says. So Uncle Sam, tell me this. If I will never know me, if I will never know me, how can you? It was crazy. That that piece just wrecked me. So what do you guys think of that? So powerful, right? And it made me just think back to like black culture today, right? Jordans aren't black. None of that shit is black. Like you're giving some girl shit because she got on Tom's, but those Jordans aren't black either. Like that's an identity that we we gained here through coveting wealth, right? right. Has nothing at all to do with the black experience. So I think it's it's just so powerful and so like indicative of the awakening that needs to take place so that we can, yes, better understand ourselves. And as it relates to America, also they can understand us better. And there's so many different groups of us too. You know, it's, it's going to take time, right? If, if we ever recover, right? It's just, it was so like powerful, to think about, you know, we've been apart for so long. Like, do we even know where we're headed? Right. And if we can't speak ourselves, we don't know our name, right. That's where Ebonics comes from. It's that longing for our own dialect, but we don't have it anymore. Right. And it's just, it's such a painful sentiment, right? Because there's a sense of loss in there and longing 
And I wonder if we really know ourselves as well as we think we do. Well, as the person who left school and learned all those things on her own because she's just that big of a nerd, um, we don't know ourselves. Uh, We don't know our history. Um, If we did, uh, I think we would hold our heads higher. Um, I think that there are so many amazing, amazing, beautiful things in history uh, for us to be proud of as a people, you know, in general, um, but also, you know, particular peoples in different areas. And when you learn about those different histories, it, it, it really can, you know, change the way that you view everything. And it is unfortunate that we aren't being taught these things in school because we should be. Um, I think, you know, the biggest travesty is that when we speak of great figures in history, warriors, leaders, uh, we don't talk about people from anywhere other than Europe most of the time. If you're really lucky, you'll get someone who will actually talk about some of the things that were going on in, in the Middle East and Asia. But generally speaking, you know, in Africa, you know, we're, we're just, we don't talk about any of it and we don't learn about any of it. And there is so much that's just ancillary to the things that we do know. And I know that Maria and I have talked about it, you know, a couple of times, you know, I specialize in ancient Egypt. And if more black people knew about all of the Nubian pharaohs, if more black people knew how intricately we were involved in Egypt and in ancient Egypt and how many pyramids are in (laughs) the lower kingdom, um, you know, these beautiful black pyramids that are just everywhere Uh, You know, we had pharaohs, we had kings, we had warriors, and all of those things have been lost to us. And the only way to find out about them is to go and and learn for ourselves, which is, you know, again, unfortunate. But um, we need to do that because we need to be able to speak for ourselves, uh, to know ourselves. And where you come from or who you come from only has a certain a certain percentage of, you know, who you are, because, you know, you're not just what makes you, you're not just who you come from, but those things can help you to understand how you were built and why you're built the way you are. Uh, And I don't mean that in the physical sense, although that does also (laughs) have something to do with it. Um, But we don't know ourselves, we need to know ourselves. And Um, the only way to do that is to learn. And as adults, we need to impart that kind of knowledge to the young ones around us to teach them to have pride in that history and, and to be interested in knowing that history. And as adults for ourselves, we just need to make sure that we're taking time to feed our souls. And if that means we have to, you know, learn about those things that somebody should have damn well taught us. Um, It might be worth it. It might be worth it. So my question, I guess, to the, to the lovely panel of beautiful women, um, I think my question is, how does this relate to Star Wars? The, 
Black is King, the Black Panther. Where do you see that going with Star Wars? I'd like to see Lando Calrissian's people get the kind of history told, at least, you know, some history told. I mean, in the prequels, we got to see a lot about Naboo. We got to see a lot of different places on Naboo. We got to hear, you know, small snippets of information. And of course, if you go outside of the movies, you, you know, get more. But, you know, let's let's hear more about some of the other people, you know. Um, again, you know, when you watch Clone Wars, you watch all these other things, you do get that information. But how about putting it center stage? You know, um, I think... And and again, I don't want to make it seem like it's just such a simple thing, but it sort of is. You took the time to tell us a lot about Naboo and how that all goes down. Well, I'd like to hear some more about Lando's people or Jana's people or, you know, whatever the case may be. And again, you know, we don't want to pull the Australia card where everybody from Australia knows every other Australian and every black person knows every other black person and we're all related. (laughs) You know, I don't want to forward that idea, but I think that, um, you know, Star Wars, it, it has the chance to, to do this kind of thing, to open it up and give us as much backstory uh, as 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 other characters get, um, I'm not sure if that is really best articulated there, but maybe you know what I mean. <laughs> I I know what you mean, and you don't ever have to worry about articulating yourself. You are you, and if everything you say is valuable. And I was just thinking about that the other day. I hate when you know I hate that thing like, oh, you're so articulate, or you you know, it's like wow, like no, like everything we have to say, people should hear and. I totally understand what you're saying. Star Wars has the perfect opportunities to give black people a place in the galaxy and how, and I'm glad they didn't do it yet because I I need it to be done right. Um, Like the Mandalorians, like I feel like they did that right. Like, I think it's beautiful that we learn about Mandalorian culture. Um, Exactly. And yeah, it's 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 really interesting because they make it a side shoot of Star Wars. Like they don't make all Star Wars about it, but you get that context that makes it so engaging. Um, and I also like it with the Mandalorians how they say, or at least in the Mandalorian series, that Mandalorian isn't a race; it's a way of life. Um, but that's that's interesting too. Um, so I I really I really wish that they could do that. Like, I think that they can. They did it with the Mandalorians, did it with the Nabooians. Like, they can do it. I think, too, you know, just as a kind of an offshoot to that, but but a, but another point, too, what you said, you know, that the Mandalorians aren't a race. It's a, it's a creed. Um, you choose to be a Mandalorian. It's not something you have to do. It's something you choose to do. You choose to put on that helmet. You choose not to take it off. And that, you know, that in itself just makes those characters that much cooler because they're clearly choosing this, you know, this form of life. It's, it's like choosing to, you know, be a monk or something like that. You're, you're making a huge life decision based on something that you are, you know, that, it, that is a choice you decide. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 
it is important, I think, to get that backstory and to figure out those things and how, you know, how that makes the Mandalorians different from being a black person <laughs> or, you know, any other example like that. Uh, I agree. I think now is the time um, with the success of Black Panther, um, with the success of Black is King, with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I'm glad that they did not approach the subject before, but I think it's time now. And just like you guys said about the Mandalorians and the Naboo, um, Ryloth also comes to mind for me. That's the home yes. planet of Quilex. And it's very clear that they have a culture. You don't always yep. see it front and center in the Clone Wars, but it's very clear that they have a, a long history of making pottery and um, weaving. Yep. Uh, so, Ceremonial dancing. Everything. Right. Yes. There's a lot of that in that shit. And I, I think it's time. And I think, um, I think Lucasfilm, we need to talk. Um, it's, it's time. And I think we need the right people at the head of that table. I think, um, we need the right production designer, set designer, costumer, you know, it's gotta be right. Um, but I do think now is the time. And I think Star Wars is traditionally, historically always been on the cutting edge of, um, moving forward and, and using Star Wars to, create social narrative, right? That's what George was trying to do, right? If you, if you read any commentary on empire or, or return of the Jedi and who the Ewoks were supposed to represent, like it's, it's very clear what he's talking about in, in that imagery there. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the Vietnam war is the war he's um, saying we shouldn't be fighting in. I'm not sure if I'm correct there. I think so. But you are correct. Not, I'm sure somebody will, somebody will bitch at me on Twitter. It's only a matter of time. Uh, no, anyhow. you're correct. Someone, <laughs> someone will mansplain it. It's okay. Yeah, yeah someone will mansplain it. Bitches too. on Twitter. <laughs> yes, yes. What up, bitch? <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like it's time, and and Lucasfilm is standing right here on a very prevalent moment in history, and they're going to have to make a choice right? Lucasfilm has straddled the fence with the sequel trilogy, with representation, with LGBTQIA representation, with, with just representation in general. You know, they have kind of straddled the fence and, and wiffle waffled their way to the finish line. And I believe that it's, it's now time um, for them to grow a pair um, and move forward. And I think um, bringing the black characters to the forefront and giving us a planet is a way to do that. Give us a culture, give us a language, you know, um, when black Panther came out, there was a lot of pride associated with that. There was a lot of, I don't know, everywhere I went, like people were like, you know, doing the, the symbol and, and, you know, there was just this unspoken, like connection and this feeling of accomplishment that we not that we had done it but that we had been seen properly yes 
I remember I went into the financial aid office and I was wearing a dashiki and one of the workers threw up the, the Wakanda sign to me and he's like, did you see it? And I was like, you know, I did. <laughs> we, we just had that moment. And I love that. Like, I love that we all had that like shared experience through media, through sci-fi, through Marvel. Like it was awesome. I think it was awesome. And I think it made a, it, it gave everybody the same story, you know, and giving everybody, you know, everybody something to, to glom onto. And, and I think that that was really one of the major reasons that it was so powerful because even within, you know, Wakanda, you had different groups of people represented in, you know, different coloration in their, in their, you know, outfits and, and, and the whole bit. And even in that, you know, appreciating the fact that we are different and we are not all the same, even if we are all black. That's not what Joe Biden said. (laughs) Well, but but for me, like I said, for me, when I went and saw Black Panther, I mean, it was wonderful. It was powerful. It was amazing. But for me sitting in that chair, you know, and listening to them talk and just some of the small things that they said were things that I recognized from actual real history. So for me, it was exceptionally beautiful because they're telling a lot of different real stories in one made up quote unquote story. And I just, I found that to be really amazing because if we took more time to study, we would all find that, you know, the Black Panther to a certain degree exists in actual history, you know? Um, And there have been many, many like him, not technically Twitter people get off my back. Not technically, but Shaka Zulu was pretty awesome. (laughs) Just throwing it out there. (laughs) I think it begs the, the question like, when are they going to pull the trigger? Because it's it's fucking time, and a Lando series is not enough. Like I, I'm, I'm. But they have to be so careful, film. though. They have to be so careful, though, because look at the look at the things okay. that they have done. You know, like you said, they've been straddling. They're kind of weeble wobbling, and then you know, in in the Rise of Skywalker specifically, I know that there was, you know. There were things that were done that were, you know, an attempt to nod toward, you know, the LGBTQIA community, right? And I heard a lot of people Mm -hmm. didn't like the representation that they got. They didn't like the way that it was done. They didn't, you know, and I, my opinion does not matter on that at all. But so, you know, you, you know, and again, I'm not saying they shouldn't do anything because they might make someone upset. That's not what I'm saying at all, but you know, just, we have to, that's why things like this podcast are important, why these discussions are important, because the more of us that are talking and making it clear to, you know, to, you know, Lucasfilm, to people who make these, um, you know, who are involved in this whole thing, you know, we are out here. We have always been out here. We have always been buying tickets for your damn movies. We've been buying all the toys. We've been buying all the shirts, you know, doing all of that stuff. We are here supporting you with our hard earned money, same as anybody else. Could you possibly tell Mm -hmm. a story with somebody in it that maybe I could possibly somehow relate to in, you know, a more basic sense. And, I think 
you know, I mean, I agree with you. You're absolutely right. Now is the time. But what we need to do mm-hmm. as a fandom is stand up and say, and this is how we want you to do it so that they don't do it. And then we end up feeling like we got pandered to, you know, in the end, like a yes, lot of people did with the rise of Skywalker. You're absolutely right. And I'm not, and I'm not criticizing You're people who were right. upset with, with the way things were in rises. I'm just saying, I'm using that as an example is that, a lot of people were not happy with the way that it was represented. So we need to speak up louder so that the next time they do represent it the way we want them to. We don't want you to put Lando at the front just because Lando is black. But we don't want you to not put him right. at the front because he's black. <laughs> you know? Well, what I'm looking for specifically is a culture right black panther gave like olivia said this this unspoken communication through sci-fi olivia was able to express how she felt and the other person identified immediately that's what i'm saying we need in star wars we need our own planet where there are customs there are traditions there are religions there are different sects of people and different groups and different tribes who identify differently and they all play a part in the same ecosystem there and they are living in harmony and those individuals have a deep sense of tradition respect and information within the culture that is passed down through generations, because that's something that we do not have here in this galaxy. Yep. We, we need and our own way. I mean, we do. Yes. No, I mean, like, like that's what, you know, that's a huge issue, you know, because, because our, I, our ancestral, I guess, connections have been stripped from us. It's nice to have those things, you know, those, and then it's like, no matter where you come from, like for, with the Black Panther example, like if you saw Black Panther, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. it doesn't matter what hood you're from. It doesn't matter who your family is. doesn't matter, you know, what your parents did for jobs. I don't know. I don't care. I'm saying if you saw Black Panther and you, and another person saw it, y'all knew. <laughs> like, I loved when that, when that came out, it was just, it's such a good sense of community. And like that, like with, um, in star Wars too, it's like, I don't want you, I don't want them to like put a, you know, race of people that are kind of like the Twi'leks where you, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get this like battered, broken portrayal. Like I want a black Panther portrayal. I want a highly technical society or technologically Mm -hmm. advanced society that still has its cultural roots intact yeah and and i'm proud of it like those things survived something that doesn't change our hair into some sort of weird growth right did i say that out loud there's no no perms did i say that out loud my bad no soul glow in space soul glow baby that's it (laughs) i think that's the second time we had to do the air shout out (laughs) absolutely this this entire podcast is sponsored by soul glow
<laughs> Once again, listeners, oh, if you have not but seen you know, Coming was... to America, pause the podcast and go watch it. Right. But that was another shared experience, a shared Black experience in that time, right? And I think that was maybe the last time that Black folks had an uh, uh, experience like that. Was positive, you know, America. a right, positive one. Positive. Right, right, right. No drugs were, were anywhere in there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know yep. what I'm talking about. Because it just seems like, you know, we, we come together when tragedy strikes, you know, and it should be more like we should we should have community when tragedy strikes. Yes. But we should also have community when great things are happening. Right. Friday is a good movie, but that's not how I want our people portrayed. Yeah. And there's a lot of that, too. There's a, there's a there's a distinct bit of that because, you know, a lot of the talk that's going on right now is talking about how black people have been portrayed in movies and and so on and so forth. And so it's like, OK, well, but sometimes we portray ourselves in a not particularly positive light, too. So <laughs> you got to kind of find a way to straddle, you know, like you said, Friday's a good movie. How I want to be thought of, <laughs> right? It's just like I'm not like, and that's the that's the whole like st- you know the the funny black dude archetype. Like I mm-hmm. I don't want to just be the comedic relief in a damn movie, you know. And that's why I was so pissed when I just read that they're not renewing High Fidelity because I'm like I relate to Zoe Kravitz's character so fucking hard in that show. Like I love that she's beautiful she's got her braids in she's into you know has eclectic and highly uh diverse music tastes and like I love that like I want representation like I love the Friday stuff like you know I grew up watching Friday it's funny but it's like that's not just the black experience like black experience is so diverse can we have it all and and you know and that's why with the whole Star Wars thing it's like it needs to be done right yep it needs to be done right because that's that's the thing. Like, I'm not trying to have, be a joke. I'm also not trying to be like a mob boss in the underworld. Like, can we be something else too? Can we just be a highly advanced kingdom or something? Like, and also, and also, you know, exist. we've they've made you know in Star Wars, you know, baby steps. Yes, baby, 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 baby steps. But they have done a pretty good job, and I know that I've mentioned this before about you know, not bringing up the fact that black characters are black, you know, it's never brought up. It's never said. So stop acting like it's a big deal if they're the lead character, you know, that's, you know what I mean? No one ever brought up the fact that Lando Calrissian was black in the movie. Nobody ever brought up that Finn was black. It was never said. It was never brought up. It was never even referenced. So just keep, on with that vein. Hey, look, the star of our next movie just happens to be black and is from this planet with this amazing culture that you're going to learn about all through the, that's the way to do it. (laughs) Maybe I'm just too hopeful. Right. And that's, no, I was super sad when I saw that John Boyega, when he said that he like, you know, he's ready to move on to the next chapter. I'm like, no, like, I want to know more about you. Like, I want to know where you come from. Like, why did the stormtroopers take you? Like, tell me. Like, it's just like, God, Star Wars, stop killing things that could happen. God. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be cool to find out that he was actually heir to the throne of this 
amazing kingdom that's technologically advanced and force and sensitive like a, a different sensitive but they use the force in a different way like the night sisters you know right. to, to increase their entire like civilization for all of their people so there right. are these force walkers amongst the community but they use their force abilities to elevate the entire community instead of self. Wouldn't that have been dope to see some shit like that? And it would have explained him, it would have explained his force sensitivity in a fucking dope way, not just some fucking cliffhanger that's never going to get answered. <laughs> I'm so pissed about that. But that yes. That one's free. Thanks, Lucasfilm. It's free. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I you, mean, you wasted Finn. You wasted Finn. You wasted Finn. So are these uh, Star Wars Barbies that we saw earlier? Yeah. So I just dropped those into the chat. Um, that's the next little topic. I just wanted to get some opinions from the group. I have my own opinions on the new Star Wars Barbies that dropped. There, There's a reason why Barbie does not show up in my house. <laughs> um, and it's because it, the Barbie brand has a longstanding tradition of anti blackness and colorism so there's there's a reason why that shit uh doesn't hit the door here and even when people give me barbies like i don't eat them when it's christmas time or whatever just because you know someone out there could probably use it but you know my daughter um is called to a higher purpose so we we don't have barbies we have um plenty of dolls she's got a lot of the female wrestlers from wwe um forces of destiny and dc superhero girls and i think there might be a powerpuff girl or two in there and jay and silent bob made the toy box too just for fun but i, I don't think i will be buying these dolls so there's what five of them yes yep so there are five dolls in this um I'm sorry, but the, it's just stressed lineup. me out. And I know I sound like a fucking hater, but... No, go for it. it. I mean, just no. It's not just for the lack of diversity. It's just no. They're, they know. And I'm pissed as fuck that the bl only black girl in this lineup is 3PO. You got her fucked up all the way. <laughs> yep. Yep. So C-3PO, which is traditionally a protocol and service droid is portrayed by a black person. Great job, Mattel. Yep. You shit the bed. Uh, I'm just, I'm just so looking at you wondering why. I'm, I'm looking at this wondering why in the name of all that is holy, you would even do this. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Right, right. And I hate to sound like a Debbie Downer, and we really don't talk a lot about toys, but this is about representation. And <clears throat> and they really shit the bed on this one. And Leia looks gorgeous. She's in all her glory. Um, she does look gorgeous. wonderful flowy white dress. She looks amazing. And you go down the line and it just gets worse. Uh, well, it's... it looks like Lady Gaga. <laughs> that, that's that's the thing of it. I, that, I guess it could be a this... trans... The Stormtrooper and the, the R2-D2 and the C-3PO all look like hookers. They look, they do. They really look like bad. hookers. I was going to say Foxy Cleopatra from Austin Powers 3, but yes. Foxy also, Cleopatra yes. had way more curves than that thing does. She looks hungry. True. 
And that's that's saying something for a Barbie doll, but she looks hungry. Yeah, her clothes don't even look like they fit. Right. And this Vader looks so fucking stupid. Like, I'm just so mad about this. And also, it's like, why can't they be... Like, how are you going to make a stormtrooper in some high knee boots? Like, how is she going to get any type of fucking work done? Are you fucking stupid? It's forced feminization is what I see. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Because you are a girl, you must be wearing heels. Well, yeah, of Um, course. That's one of the things I love about the DC superhero girls. One of the things I love about them is none of them are in heels, I don't think. If anyone, it's Zatanna. Uh, but there's a lot of flat foot options and, and flat boot options, which I really adore. I, I got to say, this leaves a lot to be desired on the diversity front. There's no Rose Tico in here, which is a problem for my Asian sisters, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also just not enough diversity in general when it comes to these characters. Like, I really feel like they they really fell flat on what they could have done here. Um, and it feels very forced femme uh, because you are a woman, you should be wearing a dress because you are a woman, you should be wearing heels because you are a woman, you should have lipstick on. Each and every one of these dolls has lipstick on. It just, it, it, for a doll that's released in 2020, this shit looks like it came out in 94. Like it's, it's really dated. Preach. It's a really dated approach. And even like the Ray, which uh, I think her hair looks really nice, but it, it doesn't do an accurate representation of what her costume looks like. And I think it robs Ray of a lot of her agency when you put her in this flowy chiffon dress. Um, because part of Ray's identity is she's a survivor. She's a scavenger. And when you take that away and you give her some, you know, she looks like a Versace looking she looks like an aphrodite like she's supposed to be right. some sort of grecian goddess and i'm just like okay all right i didn't even know that was ray i, I was like is that supposed to be padme like who the fuck yeah. is this like i, I really thought it didn't was padme even, at first that's not ray at all yeah that's supposed to be ray yeah like no ray. way i'm still and mad at like, the vader girl looking like baroness <laughs> She looks like Baroness. Yeah. G.I. Joe. Not great. And her little uh, chest piece is like a clutch. And I'm like, no, that's for life. (laughs) But you want to show her boobs. Why do you want to show her boobs that bad? Can't can't hold the titties back. Because the the cape is just already, like, I can barely even see her body. So it was like, why? Just why? No, I'm pissed. Okay, and three days from sure now, what to do? Three days from now, I'm gonna be sitting here, and I'm just gonna be doing something random, and I'm just all of a sudden gonna hear, and her chest piece is a clutch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was great. I don't understand why you would take that off. That's like, what the hell? <laughs> Let's be a little functional. And what the hell is R2's? Like, what is that supposed to be? It looks right. like it was part of his chess piece too. Yeah, very, very weird. I mean, I get um, it. I mean, I can, I can appreciate creativity. Like honestly, out of all of them, R2's outfit is my favorite, except the jacket. But, but yeah, it's just not. It was half-assed to me. Like you said, Maria, it's like this looks like it came out in the '90s, and it's like Barbie can do better. I know they can do better. It's very dated, and there's no like variation in body type. 
it's all the same body type. It's all the same mold. And that's the same a face, even, even C3PO, just a different color. Yep. And that's a big issue. That's something that um, needs to be, you know, brought up more often is, you know, we've got to give a little love to body types here, peeps, because not everybody can be a size two. Not everybody. Right. You know, and it's okay. Ray's it's supposed it's to be really a Jedi. Okay. It's okay for her to have a bicep. Right. Okay. Like she can have, she can have some guns on her. It's totally fine. Worry about the message this sends. Well, it sends a terrible message and, but that, you know, that that's society wide and that this is just a furthering of that same problem that we've had for far too long. Um, trying to fit everybody into the same box. It's just not, it's just not going to happen. And um, we need like, to give stop. Like give me a Barbie. No, you're good. You're good. I was done. At least she's got natural textured hair. I did notice that. Oh, That's she's serving other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As the over-the-top butler. I was just going to – I like – I'm like, can you give me a Barbie with a body type like Cara Dune from The Mandalorian? Like, Hello. Thank I know you. she's – I know she – like uh, the actress, she's – Gina Car- Carano? Carano? Carano. Carano. Mm-hmm. She – um. She's a MMA fighter, isn't she? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, like, can we get more body types like that? Like, sh- she looks good. Like, I loved her in that show, in that series. Mm-hmm. Like, She's awesome. Come on. It's like, Barbie, we're in wouldn't 2020. It have, wouldn't it have been nice to got to get new characters, too, instead of the same old characters? How many Leia dolls have there been over the last 40 years? How many darth vader inspired dolls are there come on man like i i was hoping for Jana, for rose for for anything new you know or captain and, and phasma really get a lot of new hello that would have been a great one didn't see her in the lineup either oh that mm-hmm. would have been sick that would have been like give me a done up sexy captain fat because captain phasma just in the movies is sexy to me like oh yeah full full armor and everything like she's hot and go for it or zori somebody yeah pedro oh pedro God. thought he oh, had it he had it good with the armor it's like oh no honey phasma did it first yeah phasma mm-hmm. is dope yeah i i just feel like this set is very very dated and it doesn't say a lot about women in 2020 that well no because it looks like a beauty pageant right and i think there's a way to do that that's a little bit more respectful to feminism like look at the female cosplayers you know there's there's a ton of them that can do it better than this so I think if Mattel is confused or they don't know what direction to go into, ask ask the cosplayers. They can point you in the right direction. This is agreed. This is bad. And I think the the best way to send our our feelings is to not buy it. And then maybe they'll they'll get it. Um, but I, I wouldn't buy this for my daughter at all. I think the Forces of Destiny dolls are so much better. Like the body type is there, you know, they all have actions that they can do. They don't just sit there. Um, I'm And I'm very confused on who this doll is for uh, because they do retail at about $200. Um, so I'm not exactly sure who the doll is for because a child probably in my household at least would not receive a $200 Barbie. Well, I'm pretty sure that this is another one of those things that's created specifically for collectors that is intended to be, you know, put on display and, you know, not actually a doll for anybody. But that doesn't change how lame it is. (laughs) 
Very, yes. C three. Not that you didn't know that, by the way, for the record. Right. Agree. Yeah, I think it's marketed towards collectors, maybe. Yeah. But I just, uh, it's it's very confusing to me. Like, who would purchase this item? The Ray is a hundred nine. Stormtroopers a hundred dollars flat. Leia ninety nine. Vader eighty five. How is Leia cheaper than everybody else with that dress? Ninety four. Right. She looks. If anything. I think Leia should should be the most expensive. I think she's beautiful. But again, um, Disney did a doll that's much better. I think there's 24 points of articulation on it. It's in Ahsoka's room. I won't wake her up right now. But um, I'll stick with that doll. <laughs> thank you very much, Mattel. Um, no, thank you. Agreed. Okay, then. Good times. We are nearing the end, ladies. It's Woman's Day, so look at your sister on the left and the right. Even look at her brother and say, can you help her sister out? That's what I want to preach on. Say, can you help our sister out? Support a sister. What you got? Anybody got anything? Unfortunately, I don't have one this week. You can support me through this last week of my semester. (laughs) We support you, honey. We support you. I gave mine out in the middle of the week, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I'm so sorry. I'm a terrible, terrible person. If if I can can give a... Okay, good. Go, go. Um, so my my support assistants this week are all um, beauty and like body and beauty inspired. Cake Butter is a website that I've been looking at. I am going to purchase their carrot cake body wash. It looks amazing. And uh, all of their body washes are kind of like sweet inspired and it's black owned. Shop Talix and Adria Beauty, they do scrubs. So mostly skin scrubs. They're cruelty-free, vegan-friendly scrubs and soaps. um, And they look really nice. They have a coffee soap bar that I'm I'm looking at. I think I might do that. There's one more. Culture Made is a black-owned jewelry boutique. And they specialize in Nefertiti necklaces and um, earrings and such. And I will leave the link. Uh, in the show notes. Those are my uh, support assistants this weekend. Oh my God, Raven, you do have a support assistant. Tell us about the farm. My bad. Apologies. Um, let me see here. I <laughs> trying to pull it up. Have the name on the tip of my tongue. I'm sorry. Bear so with there's me. A go a GoFundMe set up for Lizzie. Yes, thank you. And I'm Minnesota young farmer, black woman, and she is a farmer. Yes. She wants to start her own farm and she needs land to do that. And so she has set up a they've set up a GoFundMe in her name. So far they have raised 28 thousand dollars and her goal is 365 so if you enjoy the podcast at all seriously if if you enjoy what we do here if it's funny if if it makes you think if you like any of the shit we're talking about um i'm i've been very vocal that i'm never gonna do a patreon because i feel like it's stupid and um quite frankly too vain for my taste if you enjoy anything that we do here please seriously give a thought to donating to one of these causes or purchasing one of these items 
Um, maybe you're not in the market for lashes. Maybe you're not in the market for soaps and scrubs, but um, I think everyone can relate to being a young person and wanting to, to make your dream come true. Um, whether you or you have a child that you would, you would love to see their dream come true. Even if it's, even if it's $10 to Lizzie, that's, that's amazing. And it's 10 more dollars than she would have had. I will pin the tweet, um, to my uh, Twitter and to the Twitter for the pod. Um, so you guys know exactly where to go to donate. Um, but I would, I would really appreciate any amount of gift. Even if maybe you can't give today, maybe you give in a month, maybe you give in three months um, when people have jobs again. Um, I'm sure it'll mean a lot to them. Agreed. And thank you for having it pulled up. I'm sorry. Closing thoughts, ladies. Closing arguments. All right, Lucasfilm, Disney, it's a time for a planet for us. I think all the arguments are in the pod. Let's go. Let's do it. We can help you out. Maria gave you some free game. Use it. Raven gave you some free game. Use that shit. Let's do it. Uh, My closing argument is going to be just slightly more broad along the same line, sort of. Give us more Cara Dunes. Give us more women who are not in need of saving Give us more women who can shoot with a blaster better than any stormtrooper ever has at a frying pan in a montage. Um, Give us more of, of these strong women. Show us a little bit more about how women can be strong and how it doesn't always have to be the boys being the strong ones because women have been kicking ass and taking names since the beginning of time and none of you would be here without us. Thank you ladies for um, hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. I'm so grateful to all the sisters, like your um, participation with me and your patience with me has meant so much personally and I've learned and and I've grown so much in such a short time just being with you. Um, thank you for sharing your life with me. I appreciate it. I feel the same way. Thank you so much, you guys. I have something to look forward to, especially during this pandemic. Like there's something to just, you know, look forward to every week and just talking to people with the same experiences or same similar experiences and even different, you know, coming from different walks of life. It's so interesting to learn from others and have this like foundation in the um fandom i love really special time uh in the fandom i'm sorry raven go ahead no it's fine i'm just uh i i just i love being here and being a part of this group and having these discussions and getting to hear different points of view i i think it's important to hear other points of view i agree and um, it kind of hurts sometimes when people say the pod is controversial. I don't think it's controversial at all. I think it's a bunch of Black women expressing how they feel about this fandom. And I don't feel that we should label it as taboo or controversial because we have a, a different take. I think people need to um, give us the space to express ourselves how we want to express ourselves. I I am so excited for the day when Black people can express themselves openly without any judgment at all. I, I can't wait for the day. I hope I live to see it. Here, here. Um, with that being said, I guess we'll uh, we'll close it up. We'll turn you loose. Um, <laughs> that sounded like a really dour note to le- to lead on. Um, Sisters with Sabers will be on the Forced Fest feed. We will be a part of Forced Fest. So um, I know Olivia and Raven will be there. I will not. Um, 
because I have a, a previous engagement to get to. Uh, but there will be Assistance with Sabres presence uh, on Force Fest, and we can't wait to see you guys there. Um, I believe our topic is diversity and fandom, so don't miss that. We've also got an upcoming spot on Girls with Sabres, which should be dropping soon by the time that you guys hear this. Uh, you can follow us on at Sabres with on Twitter um sisters with sabers on instagram is that right you can follow me at blurred girl jedi on twitter if you're bored um and if you like seeing toddlers fuck shit up uh, you can follow me at blurred girl jedi on instagram and you can see that as well ladies socials i am olive gelato on oh this is olivia by the way i'm olive gelato on twitter and instagram Uh, There's nothing too exciting on my Instagram, but that is it. I'm very active on Twitter, though, so let's connect. And I am on Twitter at Jenabella J. I am on, yeah, I'm really basically just on Twitter at Jenabella J. um, And I am somewhat active, depending on the day. (laughs) But absolutely reach out to me. Um, Was there anything else I wanted to say before we turn them loose? Becky! I want to do a Becky shout out for Sal. I love you, Sal. There's black ladies talking about black shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I love Sal. And I just heard that Sal was listening. I'm like, oh my fucking God, Sal's listening to this. He's amazing. Um, So shout out to you, the listener. Uh, We really appreciate you opening your mind and your heart uh, to listen to another point of view. We'll see you next time on the next This Is With Sabres. Time already, 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 time already,